welcome to Behind the Soundcheck, a podcast taking you backstage and behind the scenes with musicians and people from all around the music industry. I am Tiana Speeder and I am the host of Behind the Soundcheck. Welcome if this is your first listen and welcome back if this is not your first Behind the Soundcheck rodeo. To recap, on the last episode of this podcast, I was, of course, joined by Lucas Stone from Northern Rivers Rockers Hammers, and we were chatting all things about their Try Again tour, which is currently in full swing. They're touring their recent EP, Kicking Goals, which they unfortunately obviously couldn't tour during the pandemic years. But they recently just had a really awesome weekend of shows in Melbourne. They have two shows left of the tour in Brisbane and Sydney coming up. So you can catch them in Brisbane at Rock Beats Depression on Saturday the 5th of November. That will also be raising funds for the Black Dog Institute. And then they'll also be visiting on the 20th of November the hallowed halls of Frankie's Pizza in Sydney. So it's a good excuse to go say goodbye to Frankie's if you are in town, but you can also have some pizza, some of those really naughty apple drinks that they sell, but also just some good rock and roll. But from some punked up metal and rock and roll to the absolutely shattering brutality and beauty that is Aussie metal mavericks Make Them Suffer, my guest today is the brand new vocalist and keyboardist for Make Them Suffer, the sensational Alex Reed. A classically trained musician and quite honestly one of the most inspiring and hardworking humans getting around town, Alex's addition as Make Them Suffer's fifth member has seen her resoundingly praised, with the band releasing their brand new track Doom Switch, showcasing Alex not just for her clean vocals and flair on the keys and keytar, but she also throws in some harsh vocals alongside the absolutely sweltering tones of MTS's Sean Harmanis. For Alex, it was a beast of synchronicity and tenacity, with Melbourne's lockdowns inadvertently drawing herself and Make Them Suffer guitarist Nick deeper into creative and social circles. And from friendships and running partners to being all together as a band when Alex first stepped off the plane in Brisbane to film the Doom Switch music video, Alex has launched herself headfirst into this new adventure. Recently playing sold-out shows with Make Them Suffer in Brisbane and Sydney last weekend, and they also have another three sold-out shows tonight, tomorrow and Sunday in Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth, respectively. No stranger to the heavy scene via her already stacked previous musical work, Alex is not only a gifted artist and a seasoned musician, she's also, as today's episode reveals, a dedicated yet entirely humble and passionate human, quite literally living a dream come true. Alex took some time out from her corporate job to chat for today's episode, so please forgive the occasional pesky background noise that comes with the territory, but sit back and enjoy Alex diving into her creative journey from longtime Make Them Suffer fan to official member, her earlier musical years, and the importance of tough love. Let's do this. I have Alex from Make Them Suffer here joining me now. Alex, the last time we got to chat was actually at Full Tilt in Melbourne, where you absolutely brought the house down. And here we are a few short months later. You've joined Make Them Suffer. You're in the middle of a tour. You've released new music. (laughs) What a whirlwind, like, you know, just on top of everything else that's been going on. How are you feeling right now in this moment? Pretty crazy. It is a whirlwind. Um, The ultimate irony, I think there's a lot of strange synchronicities in this whole journey. Um, The ultimate irony is the last time that Make Them Suffer played and the last time that I played a show was overlapping sets at full tilt. (laughs) That's true. That's (laughs) true. It's spooky because we were like, I want to, I'm, you know, I'm friends with the band previously anyway. And I was saying to Nick, I really want to watch you play. I'm Deva, we're playing at the same time. And um, yeah, the ultimate irony is now we are sharing the stage, but it's 
it's it's a surreal, very surreal experience. Um, mm. I'm not really sure how to feel at the moment. Obviously, I'm over the moon, but I'm just processing one day at a time because <laughs> um, it's been, you know, this has only really been a thing for a couple of months and it's been go, go, go for me. Like as soon as the band asked me to join and I accepted, it's just been head down, buying gear, learning songs, practicing, process, and just had no time to do anything other than work really hard. So I've only just come off the back of the weekend of actually enjoying the, the fruits of this labor, yeah. playing these feeling really excited. And now I'm like, it's just crazy. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it's good in those moments. Like you don't have time to not overthink, but you just don't have time to, you just have to do it. And I feel like I'm, I operate best because I'm such an overthinker and I just like, I'll spend too long on anything. So if I have to do it, it's so much better for me. So I don't know if you're the same, but I feel like it's probably been a good thing just to distract from that insanity as well. Absolutely. I'm certainly an overthinker, massive stress head, total perfectionist mm-hmm. as well. So I think the best part about it was, you know, I was initially asked to join by Nick McLennan, the guitarist, and we were friends previously. And I think because he believed it was going to work and his initial vibe was, we can do this. And I was like, you know what? We fucking can. Sorry. Yes. Very. Like, yes, we, we absolutely can. And because I entered it with that energy, like huge hurdle to overcome. Like I haven't played piano in 15 years. I used to play when I was young. Mm. Um, I, I knew that I could do it, but it's just been absolutely hectic. Um, but probably the most enjoyable experience of my life was proving there's something I really want. I'm terrified of it. It's going to be the best opportunity. I just have to step up, go for it. And if you fall on your face, you do. But it just obviously worked out really well so far. Yeah. And sometimes too, just like getting outside of your comfort zone is the best possible thing as much as like it doesn't always feel like it. Like it's, as you said too, I feel like there's been multiple things that have hinted that this is obviously where you've meant to be. So like, you know, obviously a lot of planning, a lot of hard work has gone into this, but yeah, it's nice when it does feel like that organic flow of it. And you fit so seamlessly, like, and tell me the origin story. Obviously you were friends, but I read in some material that you first like were all together as a band in person when you stepped foot in Brisbane to film the clip for Doom Switch. Is this correct? Like, what was that moment like? <laughs> that is correct. So um, basically, I'm, I, I'm trying to think of the timeline, but, you know, Nick and I became friends in lockdown. We lived in the same five-kilometre bubble in Melbourne. And I just, for some reason, I'm like, I think we'd bumped into each other at shows before and I thought, hey, we both live alone. We're both in this bubble. I'm going to reach out to this guy and we're going to go for a run um, and just, you know, hang out. And we just had this really good time, like running, talking about music, and we shared this attitude of like, fuck yeah, like for some reason we shared this energy of like very motivated, very driven people. And I never thought anything would come of that, but we went for a few runs, we hung out and our friendship groups integrated a little more and then lockdown ended and we both sort of went our separate ways. But then we kept bumping into each other in the past couple of months at friends' birthdays, at shows and things like that and having very interesting conversations. We were in a similar headspace of... Mm. You know, I was obviously my band was on a much smaller scale, my previous band, but that that sentiment of am I going to lose something that I want more than anything? Lockdown was tough. A lot of bands are breaking up and a lot of complications for MTS as well. And we kept sharing this sentiment and then parting ways going, well, I hope it works out for you. And I'd say, yeah, I hope it works out for you too. And then one day we bumped into each other in the middle of the road on Chapel Street on a really random day when I had a day off work, which never happens. And we had a conversation again about it and I said, Maybe one day we'll be side by side on stage. I hope it all oh works out. Oh my god! 
And we literally left it at that. And I got a message from him that night going, we need to talk. Are you free? And I just had this feeling like, oh, shit, what's he, what's he going to ask? And he asked me to join the band. I think it was quite unanimous that the band were okay with it. I'm, I'm friends with them. It, it, it's something that I don't know why we'd never thought of it before. Yeah. And then a couple of months go by of work, work, work. I record a song. I didn't tell a single soul that this was happening. I think wow. I one friend. I just wanted to work hard and I was hoping that it would work out just in case anything didn't work out. Mm. And then, yeah, a couple of months go by, next minute, song's done. Everyone seems pretty happy. The vibe is working out. And I get on a plane with Nick. We go to Brisbane and I meet the guys officially for the first time. And it was just fantastic. Like it, it a very surreal experience to feel like I'd been there for so long. They're so mm. amazing, lovely. We just had the best time. And then I didn't see them again until last week. Oh, we no. We on the plane again in Brisbane for a couple of days of rehearsal before tour. And oh. it was just like, what is this? But, again, it just felt so good, like mm. a good friendship there, a good vibe. It did feel natural. And then the shows went really well. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's, I am pinching myself. Terrifyingly new. Didn't think it was going to work, but so far it feels so good and it is work yeah the reaction has been like people collectively i think exploded just at the at the initial announcement and then being able to hear it and now people are being able to see it live on stage i know you've just played brisbane and sydney sold out another three sold out shows this week no big deal um like <laughs> what has it been like not just performing again but like performing with this band like what was that moment like walking out on stage with making stuff i capture that moment for me <laughs> Pretty cool moment. Um, I don't know if you watch TikTok, but it's a core, a core memory unlocked for me. Um, it, I don't know what I was expecting. And I've said this to the guys. I was like, obviously, I know MTS is an incredibly established band, amazing fan base. I know this. I'm a long-term fan. So going on the stage, I sort of expected it would feel how I've always felt playing shows. Like, I hope the crowd, you know, enjoys it. I hope it goes well. Within a split second of going on that stage, this is the first show in Brisbane, the crowd just went ballistic. Like the second song into the set was the first one with a clean chorus and my first time singing. So I'm playing piano on each song and I start to sing the chorus and the crowd is screaming the words. I can't even hear myself. And I just remember looking up, looking around at everyone. I looked at Sean, I'm looking at the crowd and I'm going, this big smile on my face like, holy shit, this is really happening. And, of course, this band is so good and the fans were so happy that they were back after a bit of, you know, a bit of time off that mm. I don't think I'll ever get over that. That's probably the best experience I've ever had in my life. I love was, this. Because I'm a fan. I'm a fan of the band as well. So mm. I'm a fan but I'm playing it and I'm in the band but I'm also psyched that the audience is so psyched. Like I just have chills thinking about it again. I've, it was the best experience of my life and Sydney was exactly the same, just the crowd reaction to this incredible band is <laughs> just mind-blowing. So, Oh, damn it. You gave me goosebumps, like, legitimately. <laughs> it's like you can't see him, but they're there. <laughs> and, yeah. like, the track itself, like, it is such an awesome addition to the Make Them Suffer journey. Like, it's hard-hitting, it's razor-sharp, it's raucous, but it's polished. Like, I know the themes kind of stem from some of Sean's personal experiences. It also taught me, taught me the term doom switch. I feel like it's a concept I've kind of thought about before and it finally gave a name to it, which was really, really helpful for me. But... For you personally, like, obviously now that you're part of this, all of this, like, what do you ultimately hope people take away from a listen to Doom Switch aside from some very heavy beauty? 
<laughs> yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, God, I mean, it's just like I can't stop watching it and I'm watching all the reaction videos too on YouTube, which is my favourite thing to do at the yes. moment. Yes. Um, I feel like... I feel like I'm sort of on the outside of the song because I didn't, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, I just have so much respect for Sean, the way he wrote the song, mm-hmm. um, the fact that he gave me some harsh vocals, which was not something that we planned or discussed. I didn't see that happening. So my intention was to come in and just honour the previous roles of all the amazing women that have been in the band before and played the keys and do the clean. So to add my own spin on it, my own contribution was pretty incredible. But I do, I just feel like, it's just such a punch in the face. It's just so high energy. Um, and I am genuinely shocked at how positively received it has been because I did expect that it would be a mixed bag. You know, you change a member, especially a great member previously and, you know, such an incredible album to come beforehand. So you put out a new song, a new member with a new flavour and I didn't know what would happen. But the fact is that it, the fact that it's been so positively received um, to the point where, yeah, just every day I go on, there's new comments, new reaction videos, so much energy about it. Yeah. Um, I'm just really grateful. <laughs> I don't really even know how to feel except mm. just so happy. I'm still processing it. Yeah, and that's so understandable and you've still got like obviously so much busyness happening and it's really lovely that you bring that up because I actually just interviewed Colin Jeffs who did that and we were talking about the music video and we're just like, we had to go and check like the views because we're like, this is insane. Like it's just been like everyone is loving it and I'm the same. Like, I just can't stop watching it. It's so engaging. It's so magnetic and there's just so much going on with it. Like it's incredible. It's one of my favorites of the year by far, Like definitely been yeah. replaying a lot of that one. But like, tell me too, you touched on like, obviously music has been part of your life for a pretty long time now. Like where did your musical journey technically begin? Like no one's life starts. I always say this, no one's life starts when your band starts. Like when did this all kind of kick off and lead to this, where we are now? Absolutely. I, yeah, a lot of people don't really know, I guess, my background in music. I do have a bit of a strong background. So when I was probably about five, I started voice lessons um, and I always used to sing classical music. Um, so I sung in choirs, Stanford's performances. My, I went to high school and uni. I changed schools to go to like a special music school and I studied classical voice at uni. I also studied musicology and composition wow. and I really wanted to be a composer um, for like scores on film um, or be like a music, like a professor talking about the history of music and I just love music. Um, I also played the violin, guitar and piano. So I did actually play the piano. Um, I had lessons for about 10 years. Um, and then when I was 18, I moved to Melbourne and I just discovered metal. And I was mm. like, you know what? Screw all this stuff. I love metal. And I just joined some random thrash band in Melbourne. And if anyone ever remembers Mel Band, I literally got on Google and I looked up like a forum for people looking for singers. And I went in and I auditioned with Butterfly Effect The Cell. And I was so nervous. I couldn't look at this band. And I remember facing the wall in a rehearsal room, just singing, being like, don't look at me. I'm just going to sing. And I joined this band and then I was in a thrash band and then I was in a couple of metal bands. And somehow I've managed to sustain this (laughs) up until this point to now finally being in something that I intend with all of my might to make a long-term journey, a long-term thing, hopefully. Yeah. Well, and it's bringing so much of your, I don't want to say former life as a musician, but those really formative years of like the piano and the classical stuff. Because a lot of people, I don't know if you would get asked it a lot too, but people are like, what do you like about heavy music? And I have a very similar like classical Oh, backstory wow. to me and I'm like for me it was partly rebelling but it was also like I just saw right. a lot of correlations and connections between it and it felt really organic but also 
I just need to tap a little bit of a headbang instead of like playing, you know, chords on nonstop all the time. But I love that it's come this full circle moment of where you started. And it's just, it's too perfect. It's too perfect. It's so wild. But I guess alongside it, coming into it, obviously, like the last few years, you've been able to play some amazing shows this year. You've had so much going on. Hasn't always been great with all the lockdowns and pandemics, but you managed to turn it to good. Never, like even not even realizing it. As someone who has been part of this industry for a while now, like, do you feel like the Aussie music scene is something that's thriving and flourishing now that we're kind of crawling out of this pandemic stuff? Like, what's your take on it all at the moment? Absolutely. Um, I don't think you can ever hold back the Aussie music scene. There are certainly bands that are just crushing it and thriving. So I went to, I mean, obviously they're so established now, but even just seeing North Lane just blow it out of the park. I went to both of their Melbourne shows with Sleep Token. Um, just almost cried from joy at just how incredible they are. But just watching what they've been through, Thornhill are just crushing it, Alpha Wolf are crushing it, and then obviously make them suffer a comeback. And I just think like the world's always going to change. Um, bands just adapted to that new change. So things turning into online platforms. You've got bands like Code Orange in America. I know they're not Australian, but, you know, them adjusting to the fact that you can't play live shows, let's go to Twitch. Yeah. Uh, there's always going to be a solution and it's just about sticking it out and you've just got to have that grit. Like it's going to feel like shit because things change and you don't get to enjoy how it used to be. But mm. if you want it, there's going to be another way to make it work. It's just that that hard work and just figuring out what that is. So I don't think the Australian scene will ever be forever changed, just different. And the mm. ones who stuck it out and really wanted it, they will, they'll make it work. I think that's a perfect way to put it. Cause like the pandemic isn't the first time the industry has been tested and that's so true. And like, it does turn us all into problem solvers, whether we like it or not, cause you either solve the problem or you don't. So it's like, yeah. And if it's something that you love doing, you got no choice. You just have to keep doing it. Yeah. And thank goodness you did. But before I let you run away to your, the rest of your day, um, we've had a bit more like obviously serious questions about the band, but something to get to know you a little bit better before we run out of time. What is the first album that Alex Reed yeah. bought yourself? Was it, and with your own money, oh. what was the first oh. official one? Oh, I love that. Okay. The first album I ever bought was Origins of Symmetry by Muse. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I know. And... I think if I could listen to one band for the rest of my life, it would be Muse. Um, I just, they just absolutely inspired me to think, I reckon I could be a front man. Could I, could I be a singer in a band? Um, so yeah, Origins of Symmetry Muse first. And I had it on a CD, listened to it in a Discman until it skipped and I couldn't listen to it anymore. Yes. Incredible album. Uh, as soon as you say that, I just instantly have the like album artwork just like burning on my brain. It's, uh, yeah. and like, like again, like they're one of my favorite live bands that I think I've ever seen. Like they never put on a bad show. On that topic, what is the last live show that you went to that absolutely blew your mind last other than your own? Yeah, I was going to say that. Because <laughs> that, that's um, number one. <laughs> it was North Lane and Sleep Token at the Forum, both nights. And Sleep Token just annihilated the show, which they played longer. The crowd were like, we want more, we want more. Um, and then North Lane obviously just spectacular. Yeah. I'd see what they do in the future as well. I am so upset because I saw North Lane at Full Tilt, but I missed seeing them with Sleep Token and I just listened to Sleep Token and just had a little cry by myself because I was like, that's oh, you, so you beautiful. I know. I have Get to rectify this. Yep. Get over <laughs> the uh, North Lane Sleep Token tour overseas and catch the shows. 
are just an excuse because now I can actually think about overseas travel. So this is great. Exactly. <laughs> I like it. Um, so close us out with the new Make Them Suffer track, Doom Switch. There's a bit of a permeating narrative. It's not how you get knocked down. It's how you get back up. What's a bit of a tried and true way that you try to pick yourself up or like just keep going when life tries to knock you down? Yeah, probably not the most popular way of motivating yourself, but I'm a really tough love kind of girl. So I feel like there's, you know, there's a lot of encouragement to be kind with yourself, but I say to people, be tough with yourself, just get it done. Just work really fucking hard. Just like do it, just have that grit. Um, and I've always possessed that attitude and I just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. So I reckon be kind with yourself, but be tough with yourself. You can do it. I think that's so healthy because I was just saying to someone before, like people that are complaining or, you know, having all of this and it's like reframing it to be like, yeah, I'm busy, but I love what I do. So rather than being like, oh, I'm so busy and I hate my life. It's like, no, it's awesome. Like if you reframe it, I'm, I've learned that way too late in life, but I am so on board with it. Never too late. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it is always a pleasure to chat. I know you've got three more massive shows this weekend all sold out. I know there will be absolutely more incredible core memories for you, no doubt. But for now, Make Them Suffer's Doom Switch is out right now featuring the incredible Alex Reed. Alex, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. It's my pleasure. That is it for today's episode of Behind the Soundcheck. A huge thank you to Alex for joining me and for all Make Them Suffer fans in Melbourne, Adelaide and Perth, well, I hope you've got a ticket already because these Make Them Suffer shows with Gravemind and Starv in Melbourne and Adelaide and then Gravemind and Dark Matter in Perth, they're unfortunately all sold out, which is awesome news for the band. But if you can't make it along, don't despair. Even if you do head along, the new track and music video for Doom Switch is out and about right now via Grayscale Records. If you haven't already grabbed a watch and a listen, do yourself a favour. And on that note, a little segue to next week's episode. If you do happen to love that music video, you may very well enjoy next week's episode of Behind the Soundcheck. Let's just say the man behind the camera for that clip may or may not be joining me. As always, Behind the Soundcheck's theme song is courtesy of Brisbane legends Osaka Punch. The track is called Hall of Shame and you can check out more Osaka Punch fun over at osakapunchofficial.com. Today's episode does bring us up to episode six of season two of this podcast. There are currently a heap of other episodes out and about right now that you can grab a listen to if you're so inclined. And as I mentioned just before, a new episode of Behind the Soundcheck will be out imminently next week. So keep your eyes peeled for that. There's still four more episodes to come over the next few weeks for this season. And I cannot wait to show you what's in store. But for now, that's about it from me. In case you can't tell, I am losing my voice. I'm living the dream interviewing people all week as my voice slowly deteriorates. But thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Have an awesome rest of your day and I can't wait to hang out next time with you on Behind the Soundcheck. See ya. See ya.